Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Great Sports Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my good friend, Father Richard Heilman. And we have a recurring guest, one of the U.S. Grace Forest podcast favorites out there. And he's a fan favorite as well as one of our favorites. So we're really happy to have Dan Schneider back on. Before we get into this, language. Do you kiss your mother with that mouth? <laughs> uh, it'd be an interesting episode. There's a lot to unpack here. But we want to begin with prayer. And Father, we always turn that to you. Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the root of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you very much, Father. So yes, language. Do you kiss your mother with that mouth? Before we get into that, we want to thank everybody out there who has supported the U.S. Grace Force podcast. Cannot thank you enough for your prayers, your encouragement, your uh, just your, your comments, and everything about it that actually helps us just move forward with everything that we're trying to do here. And we really are trying to do what we can to help wake up in as many hearts and souls as possible to the, the truth and the glory of God, salvation of souls. It's a tough time. There's a lot happening in the world right now, but we thank all of you. We want to encourage you to continue to pray for us. And also, please, if you're interested in helping us through the Patreon program, that also is a tremendous way to help support what we are trying to do here to get this message out in this cancel culture that we all know we are in the thick of. Your, your contributions to the Patreon program really help. So check the write-up in the description below, and you'll find a link there to Patreon and pray about it. And if you feel God's calling you to help us out with a few dollars here and there, we thank you for that. God bless you. You're always in our prayers. Also, don't forget to go out to the U.S. Grace Force gear page, the official gear page. Get yourself a U.S. Grace Force t-shirt, hoodie, sweatshirt, men's styles, women's styles, great messages, encouraging people to know the faith and share that faith with others. Now, this particular topic with uh, Dan Schneider tonight is going to be something that uh, is going to shake some people up in some different ways, in a good way, we hope. We definitely want to really address the fact that we are lowering the bar in a lot of areas in our society. You know, Dan, it's good to have you back on. I know we talk periodically. You are deeply involved in just some incredible stuff. I mean, you work with Father Chad Ripperger. He's a very, very well-known exorcist, I think, for a lot of people. And you've been doing a lot of work with him. And you yourself, uh, I know you're a theologian. You've, you've got that degree in theology. And you do a lot of incredible work in the spiritual realm, spiritual deliverance work, and so forth. Um, and we really wanted to bring you in and talk with you a little bit about really how the diabolical even looks at our language. This is something that we've gotten so lax in with regards to how we talk to one another, communicate with each other. I know you've got a background in military and military sometimes get a little carried away with the language. I worked construction for years, construction world can get carried away with the language, but it's reaching a whole nother level now. In fact, I'll tell you a quick story that we'll pass it to you, Dan, is my wife was at a gas station not too long ago and she's getting gas and at the gas pump over next to her, there's a conversation going on with a man and his wife and the wife is on speakerphone. And so in the conversation, She's not angry, it said, according to my wife. She didn't sound angry, but she's talking about this or that at home and the kids and so forth. And every other word was an F-bomb or, or you know, this word or that word, just some real vulgar language. And I'm not the type of guy that's just going to say this is colorful language. I think that's a, that's a watered-down way of putting it. This is some pretty crass language that we've gotten used to, we've gotten a, you know, very comfortable with. And people are saying, well, that's just the way it is. That's the real world. But it's reaching a whole nother level, Dan, uh, it seems like, than we've ever had. Can you get, kind of give us an estimated take on 
where you think we are with the language situation in our world kind of as a whole and, and, and really what the danger is of, of just kind of getting so relaxed in the way we communicate in, in, in word towards each other? Yeah, yeah. Well, what we've discovered in, in part of our, the, our protocol, Libra Cristo protocol, is, is that um, <clears throat> the demon looks for, for inconsistencies in behavior. And our, our whole program, the, the whole program is to lead souls to holiness of thought, word, and deed. And to, and to the extent that you can get, get a soul holy in thought, word, and deed, and they're consistent. Even the word integrity means one, a oneness of what? Of our interior and our exterior life, our behavior and, and, and our, our thoughts and our prayer life, et cetera, are all, are all the same. And the same thing with our speech. I, you know, I read a couple of scriptures beforehand. Um, I tell you the day of, let me see, on the day of judging, the people will render an account for every careless word they speak. By your words, you'll be acquitted. By your words, will be condemned. Matthew 12. And here's from James. But no human can tame the tongue as a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. And that's one of the things we'll say again, and we say again and again, we're talking about the demons. We're talking about apex predators. You're talking about the, the top of the food chain in terms of, of predatory capacity. They look for the mouth that blesses and curses. You know, we, we, go to, we, go to, we go to Holy Mass. We receive the Lord in communion. We praise, the God, we praise God with our tongues. We pray. Uh, we, you know, we bless him. But then we drive out, and then the foyers of the churches are places of mans, massive uh, uh, manslaughter of murder, where we're slaying one another on our way out of the parking lot. Did you see her? Did you see what she was wearing? I can't believe she's, can you believe, you know, this gossip, this slander, this detraction? Oh, Father's homily was terrible today, or blah, blah, blah. The demon looks for that. That's the inconsistency we're talking about. Specifically, any inconsistency, the demon sees us. He sees us differently. He sees you and I differently than Doug. He sees Doug or, uh, uh, I mean, uh, than Father. He sees Father differently than a, than, than a virginal religious you know, when you see this in session, when you have a, when you have a, a demon manifest and they appropriate the senses of a, of a possessed person, they look at the priest differently. They look at you and me. You got, yeah, Doug, you're buff. Yeah, yeah, I got my PhD. Yeah, yeah, you're smart guys, whatever. You guys love the Lord, whatever. We're nothing. They see the priest as bearing the ontological mark of Christ. They know more than anybody in the room the power of, of in persona Christi. But they also look at the, the women religious differently. It's interesting. When once in a while you'll see a, you'll see a virgin, a consecrated virgin in, in a session. She'll be she'll be she'll be invited in by the exorcist. And the demon looks at us like, yeah, yeah, meat sack, gumby doll, get out of the way, Doug, get out of the way, Dan. But he looks at the priest like, okay, I know, I know who's in charge here, but he looks at the virgin or religious and with a nervous tick almost and says with his body language, like, what are you gonna do with that? What are you going to do with that one? Like, this is a vicious weapon. So virginal purity is something recognized. They, the, the demon can smell, you know, uh, carnal flesh, and he knows virginal flesh. And so, I, I'm sorry, Dan, I, I just want to interrupt real quick, because I don't know if, if all, I mean, a lot of our, our, our faithful, consistent audience is aware of who you are, what you do with your life. And I said that you've worked with Father Chad Ripperger. You have been involved in hundreds of prayer sessions, exorcisms. You've seen everything from shape-shifting, manifestations of evil. You have been around the block. You have had many rodeos, as they would say. So what you're talking about, you have experienced personally with regards to being involved in these sessions. I just want the audience to understand that. 
So yeah. when you talk about the demons, this and that, and the other thing, you've seen this firsthand. Is that correct? Right. So we see it firsthand in, in various cases. And, you know, when you okay. when the demon we get the pattern out, and, and you see these pattern these pattern behaviors repeat themselves through different cases, different you know, uh, different demons, different possessions, whatever. But yeah, so we, I work with a lot of cases, it, both in session, just there in prayer assistant, and you know, consultation with the exorcist or priest, but also doing intakes, doing catechetical work, um, building you know, uh, working with the cases outside of session. Um, to help them to identify these areas of inconsistency, because we're, to the extent that you've got, my point on, on the demon seeing us, he sees us differently, he sees the Christian differently than our non-Christian neighbor, he sees the mark of Christ, the indelible mark of Christ, and anything in our behavior that is inconsistent with that indelible mark is, is, is something that provides a pattern break, it's something that becomes attractive to the demon, so, so this is why it's important to have this consistency, <clears throat> integrity of thought, word, and deed. I love the word integrity, and I think it, it really nails it because um, I, I know personally for me, for whatever reason, when I was a kid, I just uh, shied away from uh, vulgarity, uh, profanity, uh, that kind of speech. I mean, I, you know, I partied as a teenager and all that, you know, normal stuff, but but uh, as, as a kid, I, I just, because I think of what you're talking about, it was just inconsistent and it right. didn't fit. And, and, and uh, I've come to understand too that that when we reach that point in our lives where we begin to discover what it really means to, to live with the meaning of life and, and what gives us that inner peace, that inner joy for understanding what the meaning of life it is. And, and I'll put it this way. It's, it's kind of an analogy, but you see me wearing my Packer jersey right now. You know, I feel like I'm on that team. Okay. And, and, and so you're, you're part of something. And, and uh, you know, I'm using sports as an analogy, but, but we're on God's team or we're his family, we're his children, but we're on his, on his team. And so you want to be consistent with that. And it's so that you can draw or not only build up your own spiritual life throughout your life, but you can draw other souls onto that team and off of the opponent's team, right? Get them off the, get them off the opponent's team. So to me, I've always felt like profanity, vulgarity, uh, you know, profane speech like that um, really sent a message to anybody that that I might want to become part of God's family or his team uh, that, that it says to them, oh, you really don't believe that. Oh, you really not. You're, you're, you're really uh, it isn't a big deal for you because, look, you're 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 hypocritical. You're you're inconsistent. Uh, and and. And I always felt it was a bigger deal than it seems it's become today. I think a lot of people look at speech and and shrug it off. Is is it's not a big deal, but but I think it is. I think it is because it's one of the most uh, startling ways of announcing which team you're on, right? Uh, it, it, and you if you're if you're on God's team, you want to please Him. Well, if you're throwing f bombs or GD bombs, whatever, uh, you're certainly not pleasing God. And, and, and so it's signaling to other people that I am in fact not on this team or, or you know, uh, I... Or it's not that important. I, 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 what's yeah. that? It's not that important to me. I mean, it's, it's one not that of important my life, to me. It's not a big I'm not deal. all in, you know, yeah. Yeah, not all in. And, and you don't, nobody has to be all in and nobody has to make a, a big deal out of this. And, and part of that, I think, is, is part of our human nature as well, is that sometimes if you 
uh, profess that you're on God's team, well then look what I'm going to have be made to do now. And look what I'm going to have to change and look at the, the, the impact it's going to have in my life. And you know what? I'm kind of comfortable where I am right now. So maybe, you know, the possibility might remain there that part of uh, our speech and our vulgarity and, and accepting it as a new norm in our time uh, might be that people uh, don't want to fully commit to God's team. What yeah. do you, is, is, am I tracking right at all here, Dan? Or I think so. I think you're yeah. tracking perfectly, Father, because we, again, we, we, we want to, we kind of want to live in both worlds, but, right. we, but, but as Christ says, we need to be in the world, but not of the world. And, right. and this worldly speech, uh, and this isn't about just just retreating, you know, fortress mentality. You heard about that all your probably your younger years, the priesthood, all oh, the fortress mentality. No, it's living a life of knowing the difference between clean and unclean. Right. And that's where Catholics have really lost it in the last generation. Clean and unclean speech, clean and unclean behavior, clean and unclean sexual practices, even within Catholic marriages. So learning to discern the clean from the unclean is a basic premise of what, or maybe a, a blue collar definition of Catholic discernment. But, but the demon looks for the mouth that blesses and curses. Right. So, so those inconsistencies in our speech are, are, are very important for us to, cl to clean up. We got a, a, a um, what we see oftentimes working with cases again, off session, we spend a lot of time with cases um, cases of, you know, of obsession, possession, et cetera. And you'll see, and you'll, and as you're walking through, again, I'm just the old cavalry scout. And so I'm just walking them through the battlefield. Okay. How, what happened here? What happened here? And they say, well, I had a good two or three days and then it, then it got worse again. Then, then I climbed out of it. And then I realized, then I went to confession and I prayed multiple rosaries, did some fasting and I climbed back out and then it dropped again. So you see this pattern up and down, up and down. And if you and, and when I'm working with them, I say, okay, what happened at this dot? What happened right here? And in my experience, very very often, it's two different things. One, it's it's some sort of sexual disorder, some sort of sexual sexual practices that they fell back into, whether it's pornography, masturbation, or some sort of unholy sex act or fornication, whatever. Which is okay, that makes sense, right? But a second one, which I found fascinating as I started seeing this patterning out, case after case is that sins of the speech that they would they would fall into some habitual venial sin the little the 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 little the little sin that is actually the 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 big the little sin that's actually often overlooked is the big sin the i mean what is the one that the demon holds on and sometimes it's a speech so a great one of the one of the things we'll recommend is go to catechism 2475 to 2489 offenses against the truth Call it what it is. It's detraction. It's slander. It's gossip. You know, when you call it in the confessional, you, you, you can name this for what it is, and you just start militating against it, you know. But you're, but you're, not, you're not even talking about, like, blasphemy, which is the second commandment, taking God's name in vain or speaking no, 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 irreverently. We're talking about slander. You're talking about just, like, like even detraction. slander or gossip. So there's the, no crass yeah, or, or vulgar word. Detraction is, is catechism 2477. Uh, without objectively valid reason, discloses another's faults and failings of persons who do, who do not know them. Mm -hmm. Whoa, persons who detraction. It's wholesale detraction on the internet right now. It More does us no good. Yeah. We're, we're committing slaughter on, on Twitter. I won't even go on Twitter. I, I, I sometimes yeah. half jokingly go on, you know, and I think my record is 90 seconds. 
because yeah. it's it's just pure evil because it's just it's a platform for detraction. Yeah. That's is. all they're doing is it's slamming at each other. Yeah. 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 Well, or you hear this. This is my favorite. Doug, I want to tell you about our, our friend. Did I tell you about our friend Jesse and his yeah. wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw them. They're, they're, they're over at the marriage counselors last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, they, I think they're having some problems, but but yeah. pray for them. Yeah, we, yeah, we pray, are, we're going to pray, pray for them. As long as you say pray for them, yeah. you can slander them or detract yeah. them all you right. want. And we right. want and we want as many people to pray for them as possible. So we're going to tell more people tell about more them. Tell more people, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's the sins of the speech, which is very, very attractive. Very, mm-hmm. very attractive to the diabolic. Well, it goes along with St. Paul says, and I don't remember chapter or verse when he says, if you can control the tongue, you can control every member of the body because it's so easy to just say things at will. But what was that verse again, Dan? Can you please repeat that verse? And we'll get up on the screen here again is about being held accountable for every careless word. Yeah, that's that's, uh, Matthew 12, 36 and 37. I tell you on the day of judgment, uh, people will render an account for every careless word they speak by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. So we waste yeah. so, so much of our spiritual our spiritual goods on temporal things, weighing in. A couple of things that early on, because as soon as you start into, in, into the deliverance ministry, you're going to take some beatdowns. And I took several beatdowns. And one of them I noticed was I, I, I would have a hard time. I would get blasted in the middle of the night with, all, with just, you know, the kind of nasty stuff that sometimes happens in the middle of the night. And I started I'm, to connect. Dan, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I want people to understand what you mean because you and I have talked and with Father yeah. we've talked about that. When you say beatdowns, you mean retaliation from the demons are finding yes. some way to get at you. Is that correct? Right, right. It's, it's, finding, a, it's, it's finding an opening. And so, and so what I was catching was I would wake up in the middle of the night with all these crazy thoughts about this situation, that situation, I started making the connection to the extent that I kept, that I, that I sinned with my tongue during the day, I found myself vulnerable to retaliation at night to the extent that started, it was a great gift from God. It was a great gift from God that, that allowed me just to take a little bit of, a little bit of, 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 um, just a little bit, a little bit of, of heat to, to learn, to teach me, as my grandma would say, to learn me, to learn me that, that lesson, to, to, to watch the speech. It's very, very important. And here's how it works. I don't know if anybody saw the, uh, the fight last week. I, I, I like the Gypsy King. I think he's an interesting fighter. Um, um, the, the heavyweight champion, um, Tyson Fury. So, so we, I watched this fight and they call it the, it was, you know, the, the knockout. It was an amazing uppercut. But if you know boxing, the, 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 You'll see what he did. The champ started, he started just, just fainting a little bit, just kind of ducking his head a little bit, just trying to draw the, his opponent out. And every time he would do a fake, a, a fake jab, the guy would put his chin down and cover and kind of flinched. And he waited until the right moment. And, and, and in the, I think it was the sixth round, instead of flinching and faking a jab, he, he, he slipped and he threw an uppercut and the guy was knocked out immediately. Wow. He, and if we know how to do that physically, we have that kind of physical intelligence as athletes. Imagine what, you, what you're dealing with, a, a diabolic presence that is far superior th- than us. So we, the, our best defense, our hands up defense, how many times do we tell our fighters, you keep your hands up and you go into the ring? The best thing is working on holiness of thought, word, and deed. Just keeping a nice, tight stance, keeping your hands up, and really militating in the little things, the little things. And this is where the conformity of wills comes in. It's learning to, to surrender and to conform the will at, at all times. And, but, it, but it flows through that understanding of 
seeking purity of thought, word, and deed. Yeah. So is this, so, I'm sorry, Father, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, you know, thought that in my mind is the whole inconsistency thing. I mean, imagine walking up to someone and just saying, oh, yeah, Jesus is the effing savior of the world. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean, you can't do it, right? Right. Right. You can't do it. I mean, if people would just understand that, that, that how it, it, it tears into anything that you want to portray, and we do want to portray, we want to be his light, his salt to the world. We want, we want people to, to understand that we found something and it's amazing and, and it's a relationship with, with God and, and look what it's done to me. Are, are you effing getting it? You can't do that, you know? Uh, yeah. so it, it's, it's really, it's, it's, uh, it, 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 it just destroys, uh, any chance yeah. to try to reach another soul. If you can, if you can learn to control the tongue, you can learn to quit smoking pot. You can learn to quit masturbating. You can learn, you know, you can learn to start controlling what comes into your, into your mind, right? Through your television, through the social media. This is why the protocol that we do shuts all that stuff out. And, 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 and your book, um, on the, 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 your prayer journal, right? Oh Peace yeah. Strength, you know, which is based on Libra Christos. Uh, yeah, I got it up here. Yeah. 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 So peace of strength that, that discipline, right? Again, what we find, we, we, the, the imposition of order and the pulling back from the world just a little bit, I gave up all the meat. I don't watch the news, but I do read Catholic news and I gave up everything for Lent. Um, and kind of, you know, cause this is what we do with our cases. And man, my, my, my happiness factor went up like threefold from nice. not reading all the detraction and the calumny and the libel and yeah. it's filth. And this is Catholic media I'm talking about, you, right. you know, Catholics. So it, it's, it's killing each other through their I speech. Know. You know, right. we've lost the ability just to have honest, uh, honest intellectual discussions and, and, and debates on, on the most Charitable. important things on first yeah. things, you know? Yeah, one of the things that stands out is I is um, that movie uh, Saint Thomas More, Man for All Seasons, famous movie, and Paul Schofield, I think, is the actor in this one. And and um, and at one scene, he's he's debating or arguing with Cromwell, and you know Cromwell says something to him, nasty and so forth. And and I, I don't have the exact wording, but Thomas More says back to him, "You argue like a dockside bully," I think is what he says. And he says, "Well, then how should I argue?" And he says. I think it's like a statesman or like a, like a, like a lawyer, like, like an intelligent individual. Yeah. In other words, raise the bar in the conversation. Right. And this is what really breaks my heart also is that we're hearing like, you, even in the entertainment industry, we hear this, whether it's movies or, or rap music in particular, and we hear this a lot of times, you know, well, we're keeping it real because this is what it's like for us in the streets. Therefore it's okay for us to display it this way. Yeah. Dan, what's your thought on how the demons actually might look at that attitude of, well, we're just keeping it real. This is how it is for us. So everybody should be exposed to this for us. And if you don't appreciate it, you've got a problem for not understanding how real it is for us. Yeah, you're a prude. You're a, yeah, yeah, that seems awfully, um, I don't know, destructive in some way. What, what, what do you think about that attitude that because it's real for us, we need to tell the world how this is and everybody needs to accept that? Yeah, one of the things that it's an image, it's a, a word that the father Ripperger uses in um, uh, both Dominion, the new book, and his last one, the the science of mental health, or the psych the psychology of mental health. I think um, is he talks about the data set of the imagination. What the demon has access to, the demon can't read your mind. 
the, the demon can't control you. Um, but what the demon has access to is the data. Well, Father calls the data set and the memory and through the imagination. And so, so he can manipulate that because your data set is different than mine. So this is one of the reasons we recommend this pullback. And I would recommend this, this withdrawal from social media, this withdrawal from, from um, you know, these, these, these temporal things that are detracting from all your, that are depleting your spiritual goods. So this, this withdrawal helps to minimize and, and dry up what the data set that the diabolic does. I see it work again. I'm working on cases. You, it's like it's like a fighter. You got to cut. You got to close the ring off. And the more you pull back from the world, the more the more you can. You, you know, the fighter can push. You're in a, in, by analogy. You're you're cutting the ring off and pushing the, the the enemy into the corner where you can fight him. And you, you draw him out through this withdrawal from the world. But the more you feed into your imagination through listening to bad language and and, and R-rated movies and all this other stuff, the more the more you do that. It, you're giving more more into the data set that that can be kind of projected against you. This isn't a retreat from the world. This is a this is a rush towards Christ and living your Catholic faith in its fullness. You know, my my kids jokingly said, "Hey, Dad, how come you don't listen to music?" I said, I "Listen to music all the time." And he says, "Okay, how come you don't listen to music in anything later than the fourth century?" <laughs> and I said, well, if I listen to Savage Eighties and Savage Seventies rock, you know, the data set's still there. You know? right, right. And so and so it, you can very easily trigger <clears throat> through the through the memory uh, uh, that's associated the emotions associated with that. You can hear a song. And we all know this. You can hear a song that from the 70s or the 80s or the 90s, depending on when, when, when you were in high school or college. And man, that song through the, that's just the, the rhythm of the song or the, the words or the, you know, man, I remember this and that or the smell uh, or a sound. Um, all these things can, can trigger memories that can be either good or bad. It's what you do with those memories is what's important. Those who are, have been watching the last few weeks know that, especially as I've been uh, asking us all to join in what's called 90 Days to Peace. Um, and I think we're on uh, day uh, 45 right now. But uh, anyways, um, well, when we're taping. But anyway, uh, what... What we're asking people to do, and I use the image of Martha and Mary, and that people recognize this because I've talked about it many times, but Jesus was in the house of Martha and Mary. And Martha is, says, oh, we got a guest, you know, let's get some hors d'oeuvres and uh, get a drink and, you know, make them, you know, be, do, do hospitality, which is what you normally do. But Mary goes, oh my gosh, the son of God's in our house. So she gets as close as she can possibly get. And I love that image because... It, it, it's, it tells, it says to me what we can be with Christ in that, oh, he's just another guy. Oh, you know, no big deal. You know, we do, we, we want to be nice to him and that's noble. You know, you want to be nice and get him hospitality and all that stuff. But you see my tone, you know, it's kind of, it's superficial. But what, I, what the way I've been saying it is, is that we're actually keeping God at arm's length. We're keeping it at a safe distance. You're out in the kitchen. He's in the living room. He's close. But we're but not too close because if I get all the way close, okay, that's going to change things. So I want to keep him at my manageable distance. Now, why do I bring that up right now? And all this too, I talk about in, in this uh, journal that we're using to try to get that Mary close of Martha and Mary uh, with this over ninety days. But um, why do I talk about this right now in the context of what we're talking about? Is that's what I think people do with language. 
oh, I go to church on Sunday. Oh, yeah, I go to confession, you know, every once in a while. I pray the rosary every once in a while. You know, did you see my tone? And then they're F-bombing all over the place, and they're doing this. Because they don't want to take it too seriously. They, they don't want it, the faith to get too serious. So by incorporating this, this, uh, this um, it, 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 it contradicts who you are. Then it's kind of like, you know, it's not, it, it, you're out in the kitchen, you're kind of close, but you're not all the way close. Mm. I don't know. That's what I feel like when I, when I hear people who otherwise are moral and might even church, be church going, but are pretty free with this language. I, I just think let's, let's chill, you know, let's not make it too serious. Right. And I even see bishops do this with priests, you know, Hey, 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 you're making it a little bit too serious there. You're actually talking about abortion. I know a parish in nearby me here who the pastor told the associate pastor, do not say the a word at all in the homily abortion. Do not say that word in the homily. Okay. And, and then the new pastor came in and of course he's going to say it. And oh my goodness, they just, they just went after him, right? And because you're taking away our nonchalant Catholicism, this keep Jesus at arm's length Catholicism that is attractive to people. But don't you dare take this serious, we're going to pray the Mass reverently, we're going to talk about what the culture is trying to normalize that we can't buy into because you're taking it serious and I want to stay out in the kitchen. I don't want to be out in the living room with Jesus. You got to take on that, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is, is as a biblical scholar, the, the posture of sitting at the feet right. uh, is, 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 is that's biblical language for discipleship. Right. So, so it's it's easier to be associated with Jesus from the periphery, right? Right, and and, and doing um, charitable works and these other things, but but Mary did. Mary chose the better part. Jesus says, "Sitting at His feet means she was a disciple, and being a disciple comes demands. There's there's intrinsic demands. Every year we watch the uh, during Lent. Um, my wife, since she was a child, and, and and I always do it with her too, is the 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 Jesus of Nazareth. During, mm. during Holy Week, we'll watch it. And there's one scene, and, and these guys are just guys like us, like Father and you right. and me, and Doug and, and Jesse and all our yeah, friends. Yeah, the fishermen, you know. They're, yeah, they're, they're just regular guys, you know. And, yeah. and Peter was saying, yeah, yeah, I told my wife I'll be back right after. We're going to do this thing, and we'll be right back. And Matthew looks at him, he says. I remember that scene, yeah. Yeah, you're not going back. Yeah. Nothing's, nothing will ever be the same. Yeah. And that's a powerful scene because nothing will ever be the same, Right. right. Nothing, yep, ever, nothing will, yeah, and people and, are afraid of that. Nothing, of will course, it's it's frightening, right? Right, and so they want to keep it chill, you know. So, yeah, I go to church, but you know, f this and s that and gd that, and you know, yeah. because um, I want to keep it, I want chill, you know, I want to keep it, you know, uh, this manageable distance relationship, yeah. And yeah. Some, something else, I Dan, I like your take on this too, is, is I that I, I think is happening more and more is. Because of the cancel culture, you know, I suppose, that we, which we call the cancel culture, but this has been going on since the time of Christ and even the, the you know, the, um, the prophets beforehand in the Old Testament. I mean, it's always been this idea of, of shutting down truth and silencing truth. But there are a lot of people that when it comes to a subject like language, like guarding your tongue, um, thought, word, and deed. And of course, that again, that verse that you, you quoted from uh, um, Mark, I believe, right? 
Matthew, Matthew, Twitter. Matthew, forgive me, Matthew, yes. um, that we don't even want to talk about this because we don't want to upset people. You know, we don't want to stir things up because it's just kind of a your thing, my thing, moral relativism, your truth, my truth sort of thing. Um, when I, I look at this as if someone were mocking my wife's name, if someone were, were going after her, I'm not going to sit back and go, ah, you know, and if it's an actor or a singer, oh, they probably didn't mean it. They're just acting or sick. I'm still going to be upset because it's my wife. I mean, there's no one on this earth I love more than her. And, and if someone's bad mouthing her, it, it, it bothers me. It hurts me. And I think that is it an indication in your, in your mind? And I'm not, this isn't a judgment on anybody. That's not what I'm doing. But is it an indication in your mind that because of our silence, I mean, they say silence denotes complicity or condolence or con condoning of something. Um, what is our silence by not speaking out even to defend the, you know, the holy name of Jesus? I was taught as a, as a young Catholic growing up with the nuns is that you always bowed your head at the name of Jesus. Yeah. It's a slight. And if you heard his name profaned in any place, you would under your breath even just say, you know, blessed be the name of Jesus or, or oh, my Lord, and my God, the words of, 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 of Thomas, um, you know, at the, seeing Christ there after the resurrection, or even just a sign of the cross, these acts of reparation for the abuse against the name of Jesus under the second commandment, to speak reverently of the name of our Lord and of the sacredness of, of, of saints and, and, and so forth. What are we saying, Dan, in your opinion, that we don't even bring up the conversation? And I don't mean attack people. Like what we're trying to do right now is have a conversation that is raising the bar and saying we've got to get to a better place because it really does affect us on a deeper level. And there's a spiritual component here of the enemy going after us because we kind of open a portal, a two-way street, I think you've talked about. I don't know if we did it before the show or during the show, where you talk about language even becoming a portal, a two-way street here. Your thoughts on some of this, though? Yeah, I, th I think I think we have an obligation to 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 correct um, within the bounds of charity within our own, you know, our own state in life. Um, but I, I do the same thing when I hear it. I cringe, um, and I and I always do a prayer of reparation when I hear it, whether it's on TV or talking to somebody. And I just avoid those people that I know are going to use that kind of language. And part of part of Part of conversion. I mean, that's why I love about um, you know when you came up with this the radix uh, years ago. Uh, so there's a guy that knows his Latin because radix means the root, you right. know. And we, and we have to we have to root out. Um, we have to root out and at the, the the weeds to get and put and plant Christ deeply in our own roots. One of the things that that helped me early was a, a phrase by Thomas Aquinas that says uh, opinion. He says kills counsel, and so. Um, learning to, you catch yourself, it might only take you about a week, but every time you hear yourself saying, I think, well, I think this, or my opinion is, um, stop yourself. Because the minute that, the minute you start that conversation, it quickly, it, it, it kills any counsel. And now the conversation, will, will, the, the door will open quickly, very quickly to one of the sins in, in the catechism, detraction, slander, gossip, etc. I try to catch, when I catch myself wanting to offer my opinion, I think back, okay, what is my, what is my lane? Stay in your lane. What is my expertise or what, what areas of my experience? And if you can change it to my experience is this. And my, my, own, my, own, my own training and my own experience is X, Y, or Z. That's another thing. But weighing in on every single topic, uh, um, you know, it, it's, it's very dangerous. But, but defending the name of the Lord, I think, is important. 
um, and and uh, offering prayers of reparation. You know, God God came down the Moses came down the mountain and he had only ten things that God said, and one of them was, um, "Don't take don't take my name in vain." He takes that very very seriously. Again, mm -hmm. the demon looks for the mouth that blesses and curses. You have the mark of Jesus Christ in you. You are an indelible mark of Jesus Christ. When you, any pattern behavior, any behavior patterns inconsistent with that indelible mark creates a vulnerability for you, yeah. right? The demon scans the horizon and he sees all the wildebeest out there and he, he doesn't go after the biggest, baddest wildebeest, even though he could take him down if he wanted to. He's going to go after the one that, that's limping in the back, that's got a little gimp, right? That's saying, come on, guys, wait for me, wait for me, Right. And that's the one he's going to go after the vulnerable, the one, the one that's separated from the pack, the one that's got, got exhibiting, projecting vulnerabilities. That's the one he's going to target. So our language is very, very important to be very consistent with who we are. Look, we may, we're all going to make mistakes, but this is why we have, we have guys like this guy in the Packers jersey, right, in the Roman collar, that we can go to him and we, and we can confess these things and move on and keep getting, just keep working on it. And a good thing to do is the divine praises. Um, that's a good the good penance to, to start getting in the practice for all the times that you've you've used bad language start doing the divine pray the divine praises I, I, we can counsel married couples to to pray the divine praises they turn the light off the last prayer they pray last prayer they pray together is the divine praises projecting into the cosmos the praise of the name of the name of, of Jesus and Mary projecting into the cosmos the proclamation of the glory of God and his holy names so so you know these things mean things and if they mean things on the on the positive side they certainly have to mean things on the negative side i think people who know me long enough know that um my favorite people in the entire world first of all are you know the salt of the earth hard-working men and women i think of construction workers uh i actually pass by construction and and my heart starts to pound i i know that sounds weird but uh, i just love uh that that person that that puts her heart and soul to that. And the other people I love are our heroes. You know, it's, you know I think of the military especially. But uh, in both of those cultures, though, we know that um, yeah. that, that it's commonplace to use profanity and, and vul vulgarity in those cultures. Um, it's hard then because if to fit in or to be portrayed as normal, um, you, you almost feel compelled to, to enter into that kind of language. Uh, Dan, I know you were, you were military at one point. Yeah. What advice would you give, uh, I think especially men, but men and women uh, that are in those kinds of places where it's so ingrained in their culture? Yeah, it's, 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 it's uh, it, I would just say you need to be countercultural. Um, when I got out of the military, it took me, I, I think, at least two years to, to, to clean up my language. I, I, I was doing it so it was just part of part of what you did. Yeah. Uh, and if I and if, and, and 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 your soldiers knew, um, certain cuss words means this is a level of anger and seriousness. Right. When you get to this cuss word, they stop what they're doing, and so it almost forced you to develop this this subset of language to show your seriousness. And and you just need to, as a Christian, you just need to not do that. You, you just need to be countercultural uh, in the work environment, whether it's military and law enforcement, construction. It's hard. But it you know hard. what? When, when, when that soldier that, that mocks you for going to mass or for, for being a virgin until you're married and, and not using bad language and they, they you know, the, the guy, that, the, the, the cop that, that's, that showers or has locker three doors down from yours that makes fun of you and he wants to go to the strip club and you're like, no, nah, it's not for me, guys, you know. 
um, when he is in a crisis or she is in a crisis moment, they're going to go to you. And it's right. not going to be because you're going to quote scripture to them. And man, you've got your PhD and you're a smart. It's going to be, it's going to be the little things, your yep. self-control, the control of your speech, the, con the consistency, eyes, yeah. the consistency, the integrity. Yeah. When they're down and they got to go somewhere, they'll go to you. And, and, and that's, that's, the, the sign, that's a sign of real them. strength. They're, they're yeah. going to strength. Yeah. And that's that's portrayed when when you make a decision that is uh, raises a bar that that takes a, a choice of living at a higher level. You're portrayed as strong. And so there you are ready to help people who when they're down, you're right. They're going to look to you because they know of, that you're real. Because, I, what? I know you're a real guy. Doug, yep. I know you're a real guy. Yep. And I don't have to tell you stories of my real guy days. Yep. You recognize real guys. And, and, and when I'm down. I can go to you. I know that, you know, yep. and so, and so just being a consistent, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means you're consistent exactly. and you're continually improving, you know, continually improving. And it begins with that just a little bit on the speech goes, it, it'll be, a, you'll be amazed at when you start cleaning up your speech, start confessing again, catechism 2475 to 2487 use as, as an examination of conscience Father, I committed the sin of detraction four times. Father, I committed the sin of slander three times. You know, call this out for what it is. And, 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 and you'll see when you start to develop that discipline, the discipline of controlling the speech, you'll, you'll start to see, again, thought, word, and deed. The speech is only reflecting what's coming out of your brain. And, you, and you'll, start to, you'll start to control your thinking as well. Dan, when we were talking earlier today, you had said something that I thought was amazing. Uh, with regards to demons paying such close attention to our language and then using it against us. I mean, the data set you talk about with Father Ripper yeah. says, we don't want to give them any more ammunition than they already have. And every time we either um, digest this stuff through eyes or ears, uh, conversation, yeah. entertainment, whatever it is, we, we can be adding to that. Um, and, and so a couple thoughts here. First one I want to address, and, and then I'll bring the second one up. If you can get a response in this first one, you said that the demons know the language so well that even in an exorcism, when a priest said, pronounced something in Latin incorrectly, yeah. what was the demon's response? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it many, many times. Cause look, most of our Latin is pretty crappy. Okay. Um, but I, but I always say Domino's Nabisco and I'm out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Domino's Nabisco. And, and so most of our Latin, our father's Latin is very good, I know. But most of our Latin is pretty poor. And even, again, I've seen multiple times where, where father's nose is in a book. He's doing the prayer of exorcism or a litany, and he, and he flubs a, a word in Latin. My Latin is good enough to hear a flub. I can hear a Midwest accent. I can hear an English accent in Latin. Um, and, and when a word is flubbed or pronounced wrong, the demon will, will sometimes the demon will laugh like roll his eyes like really this is the best i could get i get you you can't even pronounce latin you know <laughs> they know the words mean words mean things we yeah. know this we know words mean things yeah. when when that, that there's this is why the rubrics are such as they are father says the words as written you know he you know he he he, he reads he does the rubrics he reads the words right he, 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 he specifically says what the church says are the words to pray. Words mean things. And we'll even see it. In, listen, this is another one is that let's say you're, you're doing renunciations and they're, they're doing these off, you know, the, 
there's a prayer that says, I renounce this or that sin. You know, I renounce this or that. Well, I've seen it many times where there, this prayer is going to be prayed three times and the priest does it. This is minor exorcism or deliverance. The priest does severing of spirits. Well, the demon will get to a certain word or the person gets a certain word. The demon will block it and they'll skip that word or that phrase every single time. Mm-hmm. Say, please go back and say it because mm-hmm. words mean things because right. the words, you know, this is, this is, this is the prince's bride. Did you say man and wife? If you remember the movie, The Princess Bride, man and wife. So words mean things. Words mean things. And so the demon will try to get people to to not use the correct words or to not say this phrase Mm. when people are doing Freemason um, renunciations, blocking phrases out so they they can't read them and not do the full renunciation. So these words, we see this in the inverse, in the negative, in the deliverance ministry. We know this to be true in the sacramental theology. As lay people, we should just constantly be very, very careful about our speech. Mm. I, I know, too, there's such a thing as righteous anger. Yeah. And even like, you know, commanding officers in the military, they got to get their point across. Mm. And I think of that because sometimes I'll advise people who feel like they're locked into this um, habit of profanity and vulgarity. And what I often advise is, okay, you're going to get angry and you're going to want to use an expletive. How about shoot? How about darn it? Right? You know, things that that get your point across, but but aren't considered vulgar or profane. Uh, And certainly you never use the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, in a, in a, in a profane way or, or, uh, or God, the father, anything. So you don't want to go there, but, I, I think there is such a thing, or Dan, what can you comment on this? There is such a thing as, you know, righteous anger and how we need to, to just uh, justly portray that. How do we do that, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, St. Thomas would call this the irascible appetite. So the, the, this, <laughs> this lower appetites are designed um, before the fall to defend, to guard the good, right? And so our, we, we have anger. It's a normal emotion. We're not talking about repressing your anger, your, but we're talking about integrating it and reorienting the faculties to where your response with the, the anger is only used in a righteous way. And it's very, very hard to have a clean, an, an anger that is direct, um, defending what is righteous and good without letting the, the unholy anger in right. as well. But there, I mean, it, we're not talking about becoming like Stepford wives, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just robots. We're human, right? Jesus and Mary, right. fully human. Jesus, like us in all ways except sin. Right. The Virgin Mary, perfect in her faculties, preserved from the fall, preserved from any effect of original sin, but yet still had emotions, but they were rightly ordered. So even, even stopping that moment and having the discipline. You know, I remember early on um, when I was getting involved in, in deliverance ministry and i and i would again you, you take it you would take be taken to the woodshed a few times and i would just go to my guardian angel and i would say hey do me a favor slow it down you know like this heavyweight fight last week they showed that knockout 14 times and i guarantee you the guy that got knocked out once he recovers his pride from getting beat now he was a great fighter get me wrong there's you know he was a great fighter but you watch that film his coach is going to say, his trainer is going to say, all right, you did this. He stepped here. You walked into it here. He jabbed you. He set you up in the second round, and this is how he got you. So this is the way I think. I'm just a former fighter and a blue-collar guy. So this is the way I think because I go to my guardian angel. Hey, dude, help me. I'm getting my butt kicked. You're showing up with the ice. 
help me from getting taking the punch, you know, <laughs> slow the game down that that yeah. even though I'm fighting a very fast opponent that I see his punches coming in, elicit the help of the mystical body, right. your guardian angel. I do that Bible. all the time. Yeah, we need that. We don't do that as Catholics. We think that all oh, that's beyond I'm I'm I have my master's degree or I'm an engineer and I, yeah. you know, I don't, I'm not in kindergarten anymore. You should see my desk. I got a statue of the Virgin Mary, I got holy water. I got, I got a blessed candle. I got my, 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 uh, St. Michael's chaplain, my rosary from your webpage, you know, I mean, unless you be like a little child, you will not enter yeah. the kingdom of heaven. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So develop a childlike faith and it, but engage the mystical body. Ask the blessed mother, yeah. help me. I want to overcome this. You think she's going to say no to that prayer? She that you got a child that says, Mom, I want to stop my I want to have a speech that honors your son. I want a speech that mm -hmm. is so pure and holy that people say, There's a son of Mary. You think she's not going to honor that prayer? Yep. These are the prayers that she wants to hear. These are the prayers. Oh, yeah, world peace. Yeah, yeah. Fix this problem in my life. Make me desire to be holy mm. and help me and cloak me with you with your holiness. Help me to speak as you speak. Yeah. Right? Dan, you need to open up and tell us how you really feel about this stuff because you're kind of holding I know, back. I'm, I'm, I know. My problem is I'm, I'm too passive. <laughs> no, I, and you know, you talk about the words and, and the, how they mean something. And I think about the words of absolution and obviously, Father, you being the priest here, yeah. you know, those words have to be a precise um, thing. You can't ad lib and make that stuff right. up. The words well, of consecration. We baptize you. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah exactly. Yeah. Father. Think yeah, there's a story that. for you. This is, there's there's one in Phoenix just came in, and, and yeah. there's a story last year in in Dallas and uh, Detroit. Yep. Words oh. mean things. All those Words baptisms. All all of that was like twenty like twenty years of priesthood, wasn't it for him in Phoenix? And the priest in Den in uh, um, Detroit looked at his baptism, and a deacon did the same wrong formula. All of his sacraments are invalid. He had to he had to go through all of his sacraments, the priest, and then go back and and redo the other sacraments. Yeah, I, 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 I let me emphasize this for That's the audience. Kind of legalistic, Doug. Are we? Yeah, I was, exactly. Here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's let's emphasize this for the audience. Words matter to the point where saying "we baptize you" as opposed to "I baptize you" invalidated twenty years of of yeah. this priest ministry or so. In in one case. Um, words matter. So when people just want to flippantly say, well, we can use God's name in vain here irreverently or talk disrespectfully about our blessed mother or, or any of that, it's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. It's a big deal to God. It's a big deal to the, to the demons. They pay attention to this. I think about the words of my, my marriage 32 years ago. We just celebrated a 32nd anniversary. And I just think about those words. You know, I, Doug, take you, you mm -hmm. know, and how, what all that meant and means still today. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the details of the words are so are so critical and so important that the, the, the consecration of 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 the wine and the bread to become the body, blood, soul, and divinity. I mean, these things are so important, so critically important. Um, on top of this, then Dan, another thing that, that I like your thoughts on is kind of the license that we give. I would say this: that human nature is weak. It's like water going downhill. It always seeks the path of least resistance. And if we, if we are looking for someone to approve of my, my bad behavior, my bad language, my bad attitude, my, you know, my, I got temptations for this, that, and the other thing, and I can hear someone in a position of authority or power, be it a priest or, I don't know, a politician, an entertainer, an athlete, someone just say something that gives me license to say, yeah, see, they said it, therefore it's cool for me 
to do this. I know I have done that in my life. I know people who've come up to me and said, oh yeah, this priest said this at this homily, therefore I slept with my girlfriend or I moved in with my boyfriend or I'm on birth control and so forth. That giving license to others when we're, when we're giving this bad example, this scandal, this is a dangerous thing for the people that are doing it. And I think about this when I think of singers, movie stars, athletes, politicians, anybody, whether it's a pro-abortion politician who's, who's openly, adamantly pro-abortion uh, or even moderately, but still going to mass and claiming it's okay for me to receive communion and so forth, or it's an entertainer even who may take God's name in vain in a movie or in a song I mean, do the demons care whether they meant it or not? Or did the demons say, hey, like you said, legalistically, you said it, therefore I'm accusing you. How do we take a look at that? Yeah, yeah. What's interesting is that, the, that it's, it, we have to understand, again, working with cases, just a former cavalry, cavalry scout, watching the enemy, watching the battlefield, reporting back to the general. That's all I do. The demon only and always works in the objective. What our subjective feelings or what we thought what you know what we were feeling and what we were thinking at the time subjectively means nothing as it says in revelation he stands before the throne of god day and night accusing the brethren day and night accusing him of these things a demon as father De father defines him father ripperger as a, a, a lawyer from hell so he he only works in the objection objective nowhere in the natural realm can can you can can your subjective response or your subjective appropriation of a law um, determine whether you're 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 guilty of violating that law or not? You you roll out of of a, of a street, you roll through a stop sign, right? You go the wrong way on a street. I didn't know, officer. I didn't know. What does the officer say? Ignorance of the law is no excuse. The law mm -hmm. is the law is what it is. And so this is that we live in fear, but just the, the principle is we, we tend to dismiss our own sinful behavior in a very, well, I won't subjectively, I wasn't really, I was having a bad day, right? But we're brutally vicious with others that we don't particularly care for. You know, we're not as, we don't give them the benefit of the doubt. The demon works only in the objective. They're ordered according to the natural law that God created them under, according to their, their hierarchy, their position in their choir and the hierarchy at their creation, at their fall. And they're ordered perfectly according to the structure that God established and its objective. So the use of the name of the Lord in vain is the use of the name of the Lord, and objectively speaking, and he will argue that point, right? For most Catholics in, in the state of, 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 of uh, Wisconsin, the only time you're going to hear a Catholic proclaim the name of Jesus Christ is when the Packers fumble, right? <laughs> That's the only time most Catholics ever use the name of Jesus. You know what I mean? So, so objectively, that was a joke, okay? Yeah. <laughs> We'll cry out, we'll, we'll, we'll use the Lord's name in vain when something bad happens to us, but we'll never proclaim Jesus right. Christ. You know what I mean? Right. So, so the demon only works in the objective. We have to be aware of that. And so we have to, we have to conform ourselves to the, to, to the law of God. Again, coming back to conformity of wills, and, and that is presupposed by a, a, a battle for holiness of thought, word, and deed. And what about, real quick, I'm sorry, a follow-up, but what about the scandal portion of it then? We're going to be held yeah. accountable for everything that we do, even because it does give scandal if I'm abusing God's name or I'm talking disrespectfully of, of something sacredness or reverently. 
Um, it's like giving scandal if I'm receiving Holy Communion and then I'm waving at the parishioners as I'm walking back to my pew. I even think that, it's, it's, I mean, knowingly or not, it still is something that kind of is um, off uh, with regards to reverence. I mean, so the scandal portion of this with language or gossip or foul words or blasphemy, um, that is, that, that's a legitimate concern, is it not? Yeah, yeah. You know, the words of Jesus, um, woe to you that leads one of these little ones into sin. You know, so we, we always want to try to not, not commit scandal. I always say with the words of, of St. Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. And so if I no longer follow Christ, no longer follow me, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so there's going to be times um, um, that, we'll, that we, ha we have to be aware, particularly those with greater responsibility, a, a priest, you know, but ourselves, even as, as dads and husbands, the layman, the, the, the laywoman, husband, the wives, you know, knowing that the, our kids are, the little ones are looking for those consistent things. You know, the, the kids can smoke out inconsistencies all the way. So oh, not yeah. providing any scandal for them, I think is very important. And we do, when we do, you just go and you, and you apologize uh, to the one that you may, I've, son, I was a bad example. I did this or that, or, you know, and it's, it's amazing when you, when, when you can just apologize, ask for forgiveness, how quickly, especially children, how quickly children forgive. Yeah. If, if I no longer follow Christ, no longer follow me. I mean, we're called to lead people to Christ. I mean, yeah. I don't think it necessarily means everybody's going to get up on a preacher stand and, you know, talk to a thousand people, but every, every word that comes out of our mouth, every choice that we make, every, every action that we, we, we do uh, is either saying that I follow Christ or I don't. Yeah. And, and people, the way to come to Christ is almost always through somebody who has found him and, and, and they're intrigued and, and, and they're uh, there's like a, a, a magnetism to what did you find? I, I, I want to be a part of it. I see your joy. I see your peace. I see your urgency to want to help other people. I see that you seem to have found the meaning to life. Let me understand that. And then all of a sudden you go, yeah, F and this. And, and yeah. then it's, so it's done. You know, the, the, yeah. the, the, the message is sent. I no longer follow Christ. And now you can say you do all you want, yeah. but that inconsistency or that contradiction uh, just automatically shuts that down. Um, so I, I just want to say that, but um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Dan, is, is that um, we, the term is, you know, lower the bar. And we've used it a few times on this, mm -hmm. on this show tonight, but uh, what happened? You know, I, what happened? What happened to, our dignity, our sense of morality, uh, our, our sense of, of, of uh, I, I don't know, it, it, just in the last 50 years, it just seems to have plummeted. I mean, you know, the way people talk, the way they treat each other, the way, you know, all, the, all this, what happened? It, the bar has been lowered and that has become common or normalized in our yeah. time. And, and it seems like, in recent years, all even the last two years, uh, that this this push to normalize everything that betrays our Lord uh, is just coming at us so uh, severely right now. And we were hearing reports. I just saw it on the news that there's I don't know if it's a concern or not, but it was a, a report that it has become commonplace in the workplace in you know businesses. That people are sitting around throwing f bombs and vulgarity and profanity uh, like there's no tomorrow. Uh, uh, 
I mean, you wouldn't have dreamed of that, I don't know, 10 years ago. Uh, what happened? Would you have any take on that? Yeah, two thoughts come to mind. One is uh, Chesterton, who said he, he talked of the modern and morbid habit of constantly sacrificing the normal to the abnormal. So we, we've done that. We've become mm. the, frog in, the, the frog in water. And I think a lot of it comes back to the gender ideology. Uh, because um, in the words of my wife, she, she, she says that women are the civilizing force of society. And there's a bit of truth to that. Oh, yeah. That the nurturing yeah. aspect, the civilizing aspect of women. Yes. You know, one of my one of my one of my uh, when one of my kids was in high school, there was a, a, a old school cop, you know, that was uh, on the campus at the pub, big public high school. And he was complaining about when when he said back in our day, and he's probably our age, me and you, Doug, back in our day, when guys would fight, they would go outside and they would just fight. He said now when guys go to fight, they just push each other and chest bump and they never even have any fight. But whenever two girls go out there, that's the ones that are fighting. So the only time that get into fights are the girls and the boys just chest bump each other and, and swear at each other. You know, it was lamenting about, about this weird role. And I think there's some, some kind of street truth to that, that we're seeing a, a real violent, you know, back in my day when I was a fighter, women weren't even allowed into the gym. Um, and now when, when I see women MMA fighters, it, I cringe. I cringe. It's not that I, it's not that I, I, I'm a misogynist or any way. It just, there's so much of against it that violates the beauty and dignity of woman. Um, and so I think a lot of it comes down to those, those reversal of roles that we no longer value tenderness, um, nurturing, all that aspect of femininity has seemed to have been lost where women have been now drawn into the competitive world of men and, and rather as a civilizing force, as a competitive force. Oh. Yeah. And I, I would add to that too, Father, you think about what Father Altman said several weeks ago when he was talking about what propels us to stand up for truth is love. And I just, we've just, we've just, we've lost a good amount of the sense of what love is supposed to be yeah. that we're all afraid of being canceled. We're all afraid of, con, you know, conflict, you know, um, I don't want conflict. Um, but I'm more concerned of standing before God and having him say, Doug, why were you silent? when it came to certain things in particular, like my commandments, my sacraments, the dignity of life, the dignity of marriage. I mean, John the Baptist dies um, beheaded and his crime was predominantly that he spoke out against Herod and Herodias, the whole relationship. It was wrong. It was, it was unholy. It was immoral. And he dies 1500 years later, approximately we get Thomas More dying for essentially the same thing. And it's the idea of, we must stand on the principles of what is good, holy, and true. What are good, holy, and true? These principles. And, and this is something that I, I just, we just lost, we, we've lost the love of those basic principles yes. in some ways. Yes. And, and I think you're right, Dan, the whole idea that they brought in this whole transgender kind of goes with the, uh, I can make, it's, a more, it's the relativism thing. I can make what I want true based on what I feel today. Um, and, you know, all the jokes that are out there, you know, it's like, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I identify as, as having a full head of hair, you know, when no one would think, okay, Doug, I guess you have a full head of hair. I all day long, I can do this with a comb, you know, I can pretend I can I identify I can... as a Monsignor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Dan identifies as a I, Packer I, fan. I actually introduced, you know, I, I introduced myself to my new Bishop that way. Hello, Bishop. I'm father Vicama and I self-identify as a Monsignor. And he looked at me like I was serious because there's so much self-identifying about everything going on, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
Yeah. So we, we've lost love of truth. We've lost love of these principles. And, and I, but I think you're right. We've brought in this, this uh, gender thing, this identification thing. We can identify with whatever now. And I have heard people in the face of, of God's name being taken blatantly, blatantly, irreverently saying, that's not blasphemy. Isn't that the animal beatitude we're talking about? Was that Aquinas that talked about the animal? Be in other words, uh, if we're not striving to be, become the children of God that, that, we're called, that we're created to be, that we're left to behave like the animals. Mm, so, yeah. that, so just do it. The Nike, you know, do, yeah. do, do whatever feels good, do it. Yeah. And, and, and so go ahead and swear because what's the big deal? It's moral relativism. But, yeah. but you're behaving like the animals, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, the, 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 the buzzword or mantra of, of modern Satanism is, is, Satanism is do what thou wilt. Right. Yeah. Which is the exact inverse yep. of the words of the Blessed Mother. Um, do whatever he tells you. Yeah, do whatever he tells you. Um, um, let it be done to me according to yes. thy word. The only one word difference, thy word and what thou wilt and what, what, what I wilt, or the words of, of Jesus in the garden. Not my will, but yours be done. That's right. And, and, and so, so yeah. yeah, and so the 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 uh, battle is whether to be a child of God or just another animal species. Yeah, that's what Satan's goal is. I believe that. That's what I believe Satan's ultimate goal is, is to strip us of our dignity. Yeah. You know, that's the prodigal son. Get the robe, get the ring, get the sandals. We're gonna have a party for a dignitary. You know, mm. he's home. We're as the son of the father. That's what we are, and 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 that's what we're called to be. And when we discover that, that's where all meaning and purpose comes, and joy and peace. That's where it all comes from. Devil has to convince us otherwise. And so these forces all around us that are normalizing bestial behavior, okay, yeah. uh, is is are all forces to rip us out of the arms of God, get us out of the home, and and let us live in the jungle with the with the animals as just another animal species. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, and it's anti-human. Right. It goes against the dignity of what it means to be created in the image and likeness right. of God. Yeah. yeah, just kill the baby because it's inconvenient, you know, right. all that. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, yeah, I think that's a great place for us to end. I, I, we're out of time. Doug, did you want to say one more thing? I just one last thing. I just wanted to emphasize, Dan, I thought it was amazing that you made this point, And I really want to reemphasize it for the audience is that language, because of how imp important it is. And it, I just thought of something when you talked about the word of God, the word became flesh, the word of God we revere, we're, we should revere the sacred yes. word of God. There's something important about word. If not, we wouldn't have a sacred word of God that we can't just casually throw words around. And this one key point you made is that our language can become a two-way street very easily with the diabolical, that they pay close attention to our words and they can easily use those words against us. Um, is, is again, is that an accurate statement? Cause I'd like the audience, if, if that's on target, we, that, that's a great parting, you know, thing to remember. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, again, the demon has no rights over anyone. Any baptized soul by right belongs to God. Right. Um, but he'll take per every permission he can get. Yeah. So, so the more permissions we give him, the more movement he's going to try to, to make, you know, mm. in our lives. I, so close these I, doors off. I recommend to our listeners, if you've got the habit of using Jesus' name in vain, replace it now by bowing at the name of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. That beautiful old tradition that, that seems to be making a comeback. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Beautiful. Dan, this has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, brother. Always great. Always great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it's always great to see you. I'll root for the Packers just because of you. <laughs> and, I'll, I'll, every, and, I, and I'll turn my back every time somebody I, mentions this, the uh, – I, I put this the, on the last episode, and I thought, oh, I'm going to wear that more. I'm going to be in your face a little bit about my <laughs> love for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, yeah. All right. All right, let's let's uh, let's close the prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Thank you. Dan. Thank you, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thank you, Father.